Welcome to Axios Pro Rata, where we take just 10 minutes to get you smarter on the collision of tech, business, and politics. Sponsored by TSX Broadway, I'm Dan Pramack. On today's show, Sears Get Saved and how America's next attorney general views Silicon Valley tech giants. But first, the government shutdown, day 26. So politicians and pundits often wring their hands over how Washington, D.C., doesn't work anymore. But this is one of the few times when it's actually true. I mean, we're talking here about 26 days now of thousands of workers, hundreds of thousands of workers not being paid, of safety inspections not being done, of TSA lines getting longer, of trash bins overflowing at national parks, oh, and of damaging the U.S. economy. According to CNBC, White House economists had privately expected that the shutdown would subtract 0.1% from GDP for every two weeks that it lasted. But they've now apparently doubled the impact to 0.1% every single week. It is not the sort of news that could be very popular in an administration that typically holds up economic growth as its trump card, both figuratively and literally, anytime it receives criticism about most anything else. The bottom line here is that we are in a stalemate. Axios's Jonathan Swan wrote this morning that Trump has taken to quoting boxer Mike Tyson, who once said that everyone has a plan until they get punched in the mouth. In other words, why bother planning? But what Trump seems to forget is that Tyson always did have a plan. He just executed it better than the other guy did. We'll talk to Jonathan Swan in 20 seconds. But first, this. Capable of serving 15 million visitors a year in the heart of Times Square, TSX Broadway is the ideal platform for the world's most ambitious brands. With integrated retail, entertainment, and hospitality, as well as Times Square's only permanent outdoor stage and real-time digital customer engagement, TSX Broadway allows for every kind of branded experience in the world's most visible location. Learn more at tsxbroadway.com. We're joined now by Axios National Political Correspondent Jonathan Swan. I had our colleague, the perpetually optimistic Mike Allen, on last Monday, <laughs> and he was pessimistic that the shutdown would end anytime soon. So we're now 10 days later. Do you see any reason to see any light at the end of this tunnel? No, I, I'm pretty pessimistic. I spoke to this morning about uh, an hour and a half ago, a source close to the president, someone who talks to him regularly. This is a Republican on the Hill. They didn't see this ending anytime soon. These meetings at the White House is trying to have, you know, with the problem solver caucus and, you know, trying to invite these House freshman Democrats and they all refuse. It's all just theatrics at this point. My colleague Elena Treen spoke to two sources in the room, two members of Congress who were with the president yesterday. On the record, two Republican members, they said he didn't even bring up the idea of a national emergency, which is the most obvious exit ramp. They had to bring it up and he didn't seem that interested in it. So the most recent intelligence suggests that he's just grinding this out with no real plan for an exit. That remains on the table, this idea of declaring an emergency and accessing pots of money. But members of Republican leadership have been telling the president, don't do it. It will give the Democrats everything they want. They will be able to declare that you're lawless and then they won't have to take a tough vote on anything. Do you get the sense, you know, you wrote this morning, you cited this old Mike Tyson quote, this everybody's got a plan until they get punched in the mouth and talk about how Trump hasn't been terribly good at planning ahead and, and kind of playing chess. Do you have any sense how he thought this was going to play out? I didn't cite the quote. Trump does. I've been trying to work out all along. Is there a plan? Am I missing something? Am I just so stupid and there's this grand four-dimensional chess? There never is. 
And this advisor was sort of telling me in exasperation, they recalled a story. It wasn't related to the shutdown, but when they sat down with the president and tried to sort of walk him through a strategic plan, you know, a schedule, things that could happen far out. And Trump launches into this story about Mike Tyson. He's, you know, his friend, Mike Tyson. And he says, you know, Tyson tells me, you know, plans are worthless because, you know, your plans only goes out the window once you get punched in the mouth. And that was Trump's sort of illustration of why strategic planning is pointless. He has always, if you go back to his business career, he's always started every day in some respects with a blank slate. When you talk to people who used to work at the Trump organization, Trump used to go into the office, start the day with, you know, the papers and whatever, and he basically spend the whole day on the phone. People would wander into the office with ideas and deals, and he was just completely in the moment improvising. There was never really a set of kind of detailed strategic planning. And he's taken that attitude into office. They went into this shutdown with no plan other than brinksmanship. Is there regret, whether it be with Trump or in the White House, that they didn't a year ago engage more with the Democrats on what the Democrats at that point seemed to be willing to compromise to give Trump money for the wall in exchange for DACA? I don't think so, because the Democrats' definition of what DACA means is quite different to what the White House's sure. definition of, of what DACA means. And let's be honest, the, the Democrats have played hardball. They're not willing. I mean, Pelosi is not willing. Well, they're to playing hardball him. now because they have power. A year ago, they were obviously they didn't have much leverage. Uh, well, actually, they had a little bit of leverage because there were Republicans that he couldn't get over the line. The idea that Senate Republicans have been easy to deal with on immigration is a fantasy. I mean, yes, Trump could have rammed a very hardcore immigration bill through the House, but you run into immediate problems in the Senate. I found this interesting. There, there was this piece, I'm sure you've seen it, this thing in the Daily Caller from a, quote, senior administration official a few days ago, which basically made the argument that the shutdown is good. They hope the shutdown continues. It, it was this very strident kind of small government. All these people who aren't getting paid or who are non-essential are non-essential. They shouldn't come back. And, and this obviously didn't get nearly as much attention as the New York Times anonymous op-ed. But I'm curious what you made of that. Is, is there a strain of that in the White House which just says, Shutdown doesn't really matter. There is a strain, by no means the majority. It's sort of out of the Mick Mulvaney world. You know, the budget director who's now the yeah. acting White House chief of staff. He's acting everything, yeah, essentially. He has always been fixated on trying to slash government spending, reduce the size of government. And to the extent that that view exists, it's in that sort of an orbit. You'd probably find it in the Domestic Policy Council in the White House, which has some pretty strong ideological conservatives. You would find strains of it in the National Economic Council. But for the most part, the people around Trump view this politically and, and almost culturally. They're not viewing it in those terms. And Trump certainly doesn't view it in, in those terms. So that's my last question for you, which is the political piece of this. Right. And, and I hate taking a couple polls and, and, and trying to extrapolate out of them. But there, there were two that were notable to me in the last couple of days. One was a CNN poll, which said that white Americans without college degrees, only 45% of them support Trump on the shutdown. And that's considered to be his base. But also equally important, the Rasmussen Daily tracking poll has basically really just kind of become a huge gap on negatives for Trump, kind of 12% disapproval compared to approval, which has been unusual for that poll. Is there reason for Trump to be worried that politically he is not just losing this with kind of the majority of Americans, but with his people? The Rasmussen poll is, or should be at least, now I should be clear, I haven't discussed the Rasmussen poll with the president or with anyone close to him. So I don't know what they're thinking about it, but it should be cause for concern because that poll is typically an outlier poll that heavily favors Republicans, you know, sometimes by three to four points. 
or more. So if Rasmussen's not looking good for you, you know you're in trouble. Jonathan Swan, National Political Correspondent for Axios, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks, Dan. Our final two right after this. Times Square's newest spectacle, 46 stories of maximalist retail called TSX Broadway. TSX Broadway will be the only building in Times Square to offer a permanent outdoor performance venue overlooking the iconic ticket's red steps. It'll also feature 75,000 square feet of flexible retail space. Visit tsxbroadway.com for an inside look at the future of retail. Now it's time for my final two. And first up is Sears, which appears to have just received the jaws of life. According to multiple reports this morning, Sears chairman Eddie Lampert won the troubled retailer's bankruptcy auction, which could help save more than 40,000 jobs. Lampert had originally bid $4.5 billion, which didn't work. Then he tried $5 billion, which also didn't work, but then he just came back over the top with $5.2 billion, and that was the winning number, although it still needs to be approved by a bankruptcy court judge who is sure to hear plenty of counterarguments from a group of creditors who want Sears to be closed and liquidated. So consider this to be cautious optimism. Finally, yesterday was confirmation hearing day for President Trump's nominee for Attorney General, Bill Barr, and as you might expect, There was tons of focus on the future of Bob Mueller and his probe, but there were also questions about corporate antitrust enforcement, particularly when it comes to large technology firms. Barr acknowledged that he wasn't completely up to speed on all the specifics, like the T-Mobile Sprint deal that's currently awaiting antitrust approval, but he also said, I don't think big is necessarily bad, but I think a lot of people wonder how such huge behemoths Uh, that now exist in Silicon Valley have taken shape under the nose of the antitrust enforcers. And we're done. Big thanks for listening. And to my producers, Adam Gracia and Tim Shovers, have a great national Fig Newton Day. And we'll be back tomorrow with another Pro Rata podcast.